Hey everybody, it's Dan Lewis with Church Table Productions, and the next show you're about to hear is about an individual that I have come to admire and respect, and when I met this guy, he was this incredible person that I was just like, you have no desire to gain an upper hand on anybody. You just want to live your life and and just be this good person, this all-around genuinely good person, which I find that kind of hard sometimes to find in people today, in today's time. And because when I met him, I, I met him as he was, just this great person that just wanted to say hello and nothing in return. And so... I've known him since uh, about 2005, 2006, around in that time period, and and I've always just kind of had a good admir- admiration for him. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is Jonathan Collins. It's Church Table Productions time. My name is Dan Lewis. My co-host is Al Peabody. This is the show where we talk about the who, what, where, how, when, and why. You became what you became. What you believe, what you believe. It's all good. Open mic. Whatever you got to say, you got to say. This is a show to let it hang out. Tonight, our guest is none other than Jonathan Collins. Hello. Hello. And Jonathan Collins... Go back in history a little bit. Jonathan Collins, I've known him since 06, 05, between a three-year mm-hmm. period in there. And Jonathan is what I would call this genuine, this genuine nice guy. Like, he has no no derivative of like, I'm going to be nice to that guy and then see if I can get something out of him later on. There's nothing like that in you. And that's what I loved about you. That's what I admired about you when I first met you. I'm like, this guy's a nice guy. Well, thank you. Like, there's nothing in him, there's nothing in him that says... Be careful. Like he's genuinely just a great guy. Great guy. And he and he has uh you're you're a parent. Your dad. Absolutely, yes, sir. What what do you have? Thirteen year old son. Thirteen year old son. Mm-hmm. Wow. Very cool. Beautiful. All right. So um so Jonathan is here. He's gonna join us, he can tell us about his life story, just who, what, where, how, and why he believes what he believes, and we're just gonna go from there. So all right, you ready? I'm ready. All right, ready. man. So I got one question for you. Okay. And you're going to take off from there with it. Tell me about when you were born and what life was like from that moment. Okay. Well, thank you for that introduction. You're welcome. Um, so life for me, born in 84. So how old were you? Uh, 84, I was... Uh, okay. Um, see, I was born in 79. So 84 five. was... Five. Yeah. Okay. And that's so, one thing. You don't have to age yourself, but you already did. So whatever. Go that's ahead. all good. Born in 84, right in the middle, you know... Reagan and uh, oh. you know the 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 conservative movement was strong at that time and I think that I was a product of that time I mean Reagan into Bush yeah. and I say that because that's what I associate as my childhood it was very um, much a conservative Christian 80s household wow you know okay. that's where I come from and I think that that's an awesome place to come from um, but it's it's a uh, a scope or a perspective that nonetheless could be talked about in 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 different right. ways. Um, but that's that's the 
the place I come from, uh, I come from uh, a leave it to beaver type of <laughs> house. I mean, I, growing up, people would always tell me that my family seemed like, you know, the Cleavers, just this perfect family. And of course it wasn't, yeah. but it was a good family. I had a great, great household. Mom and dad married, you know, they're in, you know, until my dad died uh, and raised in a good fundamental household. That's where I come from. Wow. Okay, well, tell us more about your household. Did you have brothers or sisters? Yeah, yeah, you know, we lived in middle class and maybe you could say upper middle class, but um, very much a middle class uh, working family, but didn't lack for anything. I have an older brother and, um, you know, I was raised, we may get to this later, so I won't go too far into it, but I was raised in a Baptist church. All right. Okay. Um, from the very beginning all the way through until I was old enough to rebel. Yeah. And we'll certainly get to that at some point. Right on. Um, Rebellion is good. Well, it's necessary. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> uh, and on, on top of that, I was raised in a private Christian school all the way until my junior year of high school. CCA, right? Well, yes, mostly. Okay. But all right. TCA prior to CCA. So TCA um, for the early years and then into Carrollton Christian uh, for the majority of my schooling. Um, and that's where I will speak most about, uh, okay. my perspectives with, uh, respects to Christianity and, and how it impacted me as a, as a person growing up. It had a bigger impact naturally because I was there five days a week, yeah. uh, as opposed to church one day a week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's fair enough. It's fair enough to say. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, so tell me about TCA. What is, what is this name for? Right, Trinity Christian Academy. Is it so still Trinity, there? Yeah, very much so in oh. Addison. Very affluent, uh, very affluent school. Um, <clears throat> TCA. I, I only attended kindergarten, pre first. Yeah. They, okay. they called it pre first, but I'm pretty sure it was just kindergarten twice. Yeah. <laughs> first grade and second grade. All right. Um, so you know my my judgment of those years will be rather slim. Uh, but Trinity Christian Academy is where I started and uh, um, don't remember much about that other than a lot of wealthy people and, you know, uniforms. Yeah, to go to these Christian schools, you got to be kind of wealthy. Well, a or, lot wealthy. I or think. your family has to say that that's so important to them that they will forego the better house or the better cars to send the kids. Is it almost like a begging type thing? Well... You know, they don't sound like that to me. No, my I think my parents felt like it was really important to them that we were raised in the bubble, so to speak. Okay, yeah. And I don't think they would use those words. Those are my words. They wanted us raised in a environment that taught uh, school and kids the way that they felt was what they wanted. With good As, Christian values. Absolutely. Is TCA yes. Baptist or is it what is it? You know, I don't recall either of the schools being beholden. CCA was attached to a Methodist church, but they still operated independently. Okay. Um, so I would say they were all um, non. What's the proper word? Non-denominational. Non-denominational. But then again, that's a myth under too, because non-denominational doesn't mean you're non-denominational. You come from a different parish. Right. There's another denomination. It just means we welcome. Yeah. All. Well, so like when I was in high school, I went to a non-denominational church. But I was attached to the Presbyterian Church. Right. So, because that's where somebody's like, I don't like this idea, but we're going to do the Presbyterian way, but we're on our own circuit over here. Agreed. So, so CCA, TCA, <clears throat> Methodist, Christian, right on. That's great. Right. right. And we can, you know, at some point, I'm sure you'll 
ask about the CCA years, but that's where the formative um, growing years for me came, third through 10th grade. Oh, wow. You know, and then public school was the big slap in the face in 11th grade. I can imagine. Jonathan getting what he asked for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah. What you got? Oh, no, just... Um, you were writing stuff down, man. Yeah. I'm just taking notes. Oh, you're taking notes. Yeah. So can you pinpoint a time in your childhood when you became aware of church, like aware of religion and God, like your mom and dad said, here you go, and you're like, oh. God. Right. It was such a part of, of just where I came from that I'm not sure... I'm not sure that that moment has happened still. Um, okay. You know, uh, and I, that that sounds funny saying it, but I really um, don't recall having that moment. Uh, specifically for me, like, I've never questioned my faith. I've never lost my faith. I never wandered. Now, I'm not saying I'm perfect. Nobody's perfect. But dude. as far as my faith goes, it's never never been a major question to me, and I never questioned it um, it never questioned me and I never questioned it. So, uh, I never had this big moment. Becoming a father made me, um, uh, look at Christ, uh, faith a little differently. So I suppose that could be an answer to your question right. is becoming a father. It was the first time I looked at my faith and said, well, this is important to me to pass to him. Yeah. Um, so in a sense that that's me acknowledging um, or questioning it and deciding I, I wanted to to do what my parents did for me with him. Okay. That's fair enough. Yeah. I like that answer. That's a good answer. So growing up, were you ever confronted or challenged because of your religion? Well, because I was in the bubble. Yeah. The aforementioned bubble. Rarely was I because I was surrounded by kids. Yeah. But when I, when I went to Creepview... I remember one of my very best friends um, definitely didn't come from a Christian household, yeah. uh, but we were very tight, and he and I would get into these long, drawn debates late at night, uh, you know, doing high school stuff, yeah. and we would just go off on each other about religion, and he would fire all the generic questions at me, mm -hmm. and I would fire fire all the generic answers back, and we would just go back and forth, and of course, I'm... Looking back, I'm trying to convert or save this guy, <laughs> yeah. you know, because wow. because uh, even though I wasn't a a Bible yeah. hitter, I didn't yeah. walk around, you know, telling people they needed. If somebody that I cared about was denying God, well, I'd been taught my whole life, well, that's blasphemy, and and so I had to number one argue the point that he was asking me to argue, yeah, but also try to win him over, right? So. Um, I don't say that's a challenge. I don't particularly feel like I've ever been challenged um, because of my religion, uh, but that's probably a matter of perspective. Yeah. Um, but I don't particularly feel challenged by it. I feel like uh, my circle has mostly been uh, similar, like-minded people, Yeah. and life's easier, I suppose, that way. Go back to TCA. What was your structure like during that? So the early, early one? Yeah. You know, very structured. Um, mm, you know. What were the uniforms like? Yeah, you know, you know, little suit and tie and everything. Not quite, because this is the, the '80s. It likely could be now, but it was very much what you see public school kids wearing. But we had our moniker, you know, emblazoned on all the shirts, and yeah. um, 
uh, kids would have their name. The rich kids would have, I mean, we're talking first graders with their cufflinks and, wow. you know, you got some people with money. Um, yeah. But it was, it was a, from my memory, it was a good, a good time. It was very squared away. Um, but, but a fine facility. TCA, you know, was, was, was a college preparatory school and had excellent extracurricular activities. So, I mean, the school, you know, not to bag on CCA, but CCA lacked a lot of the, um, edge that TCA provided. So TCA was Baptist. Would you call it because because what I know about the Baptist very much in line with Baptists. So, I don't think they probably marketed from what I recall, but yes, I mean you could put that on it. So the Baptist Church, a lot of people don't know, is very very structured. Even though you can't go from the Baptist here in Texas to the, the Baptist in Georgia and jump jump right in, they are structured and and I can imagine their school is structured where CCA is more of a Christian open Christian Methodist environment where it's it's all good. You're, we're we're going to teach you right, but we're not going to uh, uh, what's the word uh, uh, beat you with it. Right. Okay. Well, funny enough, because y- you certainly probably know more about religion than I. Um, but what you just said would give the perception that CCA, for example, was associated with the church they were connected to, which they were really tenants at that church's property, uh, and there was no real affiliation other than a business relationship. And so I don't know what denomination CCA would have would have said that they taught from, but I wouldn't automatically label it Methodist because they were very much, um, you know, I, I remember in seventh grade, our Bible teacher crying tears in front of our seventh grade class, because some of us in this classroom are going to go to hell if <laughs> Jesus comes tomorrow. And she's talking to me and my friends. We know it. You yeah. know, she's looking at us. We know it. <laughs> and it what spurred this, uh, you, you, some of y'all are going to go to hell speech from our Bible teacher was our poor posture. You know, <laughs> we were sitting with our arms crossed, slouched down and she didn't like our attitude, oh, but we're we're you, seventh graders. You heathen! Exactly. Oh my. <laughs> we're seventh you graders. Slouched, and we we had the audacity to slouch and have attitude. Oh, an attitude! And, and that just triggered her. And you know, I mean, I would never use names because I. Re- yeah, yeah. She, people are there to help. Yeah, but, yeah. But at the same time, that alienated so much of our class. Yeah. Um, and that school never really recovered from stuff like that that was the downfall of that school it ended up closing a couple of years ago after what? after really? being super successful uh for a long time but it went downhill and i think that they lost touch with um with their mission and the fact that we are all people yeah and kids are going to be kids mm-hmm. and the more you try to tighten that you know that belt around kids they're going to rebel and yeah. and that's what happened it ricocheted uh in that school so many people, uh, you know, just rebelled against the school. Yeah. And it ended up, you know, just taking the whole thing down. That guy's saying that came up just recently. Sometimes you become so old school, you become backwards. Right. Like you lose everything. Like you're good from, from this point, but at some point you're like, they're, they're no longer valid. Well, be- Not valid, but like they're just... Okay, y'all need to back off. The word progress is yeah. is is a funny word because some people associate it with with 
uh, liberalism or this or that, which I don't. When I say the word progress right now, I'm speaking towards the fact that, look, let's be real about the world we live in, and we can't do things like we did 200 years ago, just like we can't do things we did 40 years ago, yeah. because it's just the natural evolution of society yeah. and where we're at with technology or whatever's come in, whatever uh, has come into society to influence it. It's, it's naturally got to change, and that goes with generations, and that's why older generations get replaced by younger, because most of the time, you, we cannot change. Unless you get out of the way. Are. Right. So, yeah. so, you know, a lot of what, you're, what you were saying that spurred this in my mind was just thinking, um, you know, those people at that school were doing something that maybe they worked with them, yeah. but it wasn't working with that generation. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's what it is. That's what's working at my church now. There's some old schools there, I'm like, it's time. Right, it's not I'm gonna sorry. work. This way is not gonna work. This generation is not there no more. Right. They'll never be there no more. Right. Thirty years ago, might as well have been on a different planet, man. Right. So yeah. Um, tell me more about. Uh, let's go to. So you went to TCA. You went to CCA. Now let's 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 go for. You became a teenager, and you now are looking at Creekview. Right. Where did that come from? Well, that came from me rebelling with, uh, like I was just saying. Okay. So I got tired. I, I remember these complaints. I'm, I'm sick and tired of being treated like, uh, you know, like a prison, like an inmate because my I forgot my belt. Like, you know, I, one <laughs> yeah. of the last straws was, you know, they were harassing me. They were on me all the time. I got sent home yeah. for no belt in like ninth grade, you know, and it's like I didn't have a belt on. I was I was a pretty good kid. I wasn't perfect, but <laughs> I was starting to rebel, and it was stuff like that that was making me rebel. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I bitched and moaned for two years uh, that I wanted out of that school because I was too dumb to, to overlook the extraneous BS yeah. and, and value the fact that I was in a really good school yeah. with people that really actually cared in small settings and and honestly, we were wanted to do right, even if they maybe weren't. Yeah. So, so anyways, it was a mistake. I should have stayed at CCA. Um, um, looking back, but okay. but at the same time, you can't say shoulda woulda because yeah. I'm at where I'm at today because of the switch to Creekview. Yeah. Uh, that's where I met my son's mother, and that would have never happened. So right there, there's you know God working. Yeah. You know, mysterious ways, as they say. But uh, yes, so I complained for two years. Mom and dad finally just got tired of hearing me complain yeah. and said, okay, fine. And, you know, going f going from living in the bubble, uh -huh. literally in the bubble, I mean, naive, unworldly, yeah. as you can imagine. I'd lived in a bubble all my life, and then I'm getting dropped in at Creepview, really knew nobody. Um, I remember at the time, like, likening it to, like, going into prison. Like, you know, like, I got to act this way, oh, this, which was a bad approach right off the bat. Yeah. I should have right. gone in just looking to make friends and this, but I felt like I was entering like a, a prison. Okay. But I wanted to be there for some, for some reason. So anyways, yeah, so I got <laughs> a creep view and, you know, immediately, I mean, you can only sit at the lunch table in 11th grade. There's that one table where the kid that just moved here from Africa is sitting and the kid that just moved from China yeah. and then the s slightly mentally impaired one. And then, um, you know, it was the misfit table yeah, and okay. I was at that table and you know, what a, what a calamity for me because I went from being always fairly popular to I I'm sitting at this table because I don't fit in here. And, uh, 
you can only do that for so long before you find whatever click is willing to, you know, befriend you. And I did, and of course, you know, they weren't the best ones, and therefore in comes in the the bubble bursting, right? So going to Creepview, you know, you're exposed to drugs and you know stuff I'd never been exposed to, and didn't have the tools to really do anything about it. As naive as I could be. Let's back up a little bit. You talked about school a lot. What's life at home when you're not in school? Because apparently that's the only two places you ever were. Right. Well, growing up, right? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you know, life was good. I, I bowled all my life. So Saturday mornings was grandpa and then later on my dad taking me bowling. Um, always had a best uh, buddy. What's, what's your handicap? You know, a handicap, I don't I don't know that I ever even knew my handicap, but... Uh, I can tell you my high my high game at twelve years old. I bought a two seventy six. Almost got a three hundred. I was I was in, I was in like the ninth frame, and the whole bowling alley was behind me, and I couldn't stand the pressure, so I folded. <laughs> funny funny story on bowling. Side note, funny story on bowling. I hadn't bowled in like ten years, so I took my kid bowling about five years five years ago, and uh, not even maybe three years ago. I bowl. You know, I'm using house balls. Right. Yeah. So I don't have my ball, but who cares? I haven't done this anyways in ten years. First game, 56. Wow. Second game, 256. <laughs> you just had to warm up. That's, that's all. what somebody said. Yeah. They should. But boy, I mean, I had to be consistently terrible to get that first 56, and I had to be consistently That wasn't really with the bumper rails. Up Absolutely not. Right, just checking. Right hand is up. Yeah. So anyways, I'm not sure where I went with bowling, but oh, what? you were asking me about home life. So, you know, dad worked. Mom had supper on the table. Like I kind of said earlier, it was a very traditional, good home life. Um, but home home was stable. Home was good. Bible studies, when mom could manage to rein me and my brother in. Uh, but she didn't she didn't oppress that on us too much. But, you know, she tried. Yeah. But, you know, video games. I mean, I grew up right here on Kensington. And, yeah. you know, I had kids that, I had two kids that lived on the street that I went to CCA with. So, I mean, I was very much your 80s, 90s kid, um, probably like y'all, because we all grew up the same way. It's only this generation that... Not I mean, quite. No? Okay, well, a, a presumption he's a, on my He's a lot older than you think he is, man. Well, I mean, we still, we rode our bikes, right? Uh, oh, you yeah, know? a lot of bike I mean, uh, you, you, you were outside until the streetlights came on, which yeah. has become a, a annoying Facebook memes, but I mean, it's the truth. It was so, I mean, my life was not always at home, even if I was in the neighborhood. I was on those streets, on that bike, at the friend's house, yeah. you know, chasing girls, whatever we were doing, being kids. Yeah. But we were we had a great time doing it. So Ooh. that was the best time of my life, you know. Uh if that's not if that's not spitting on current life too much. But you know it's, you look it's back with very great, different, yeah. You look back with, with good nostalgia for those days because boy you were living the life and you didn't even know it. Right. I tell my kid that I'm like, man, dude, you're living the life, but I know he doesn't know it because it takes perspective. Oh yeah. Yep. To even realize that. But I had a great uh at time at home time growing up. Okay, good. Right on. What did you, what did your dad do for a living, do you want can you say? Yeah, yeah. He was uh uh early he was in the Navy Wow. Uh, like in the 50s and uh, right when the computers were really starting to come out. So and that's where he happened to fall into in the Navy. So when he got out, he just perfect timing. He had been trained by the Navy on uh, radar satellites and had an edge on that whole tech- technological advance. And so in the 70s, he fell into um, s- software development. And uh, what a great time, the 70s. 
to yeah. be falling into that industry, and, and he worked in that till he retired, you know, 10 years ago. Wait, so your dad was in the Navy. How, how old your dad? My dad was much older. He had me at 45. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, yeah. Had, he was born 41. I was born in 84, so, yeah, he was like 44 years old and when I was born. Was but, that a different thing with uh, you and your friends? It was different, but um, my dad, number one, didn't look older. He always looked every bit the age of all my other kids' parents. Yeah. It wasn't until later in life when he became an old man and my other friends' dads are still yeah. young, youngish. But um, but I think all in all, like as a parent, I, I think he was a, probably a better dad for having me later in life than he would have been younger. I think we all grow richer, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. in, in our character. Wow. So he was a wonderful dad, yeah, and probably he had more money too. But his character probably was was better suited to be a parent at forty five. I'd probably be a better parent if I had a kid twenty years later. Well, yeah. So like my mom and dad, they had my little sister and my little brother. My little sister's just now going through graduate school, and my parents mm. are no. <laughs> They're over sixty, so they're so there we are, and I'm thirty nine, and she's just not going through grad school, so there's a huge gap. Yep. But going with what you're saying is that they're better parents than they. Not saying that they were bad parents with us, but sure. um, they um, learned um, with us. You learn, yeah, absolutely. With my with my sister, yeah, and you my, talk to your mom and dad a lot, dude. My, <laughs> with my sister and my brother, my little brother, like yeah, you got, we're good. <laughs> y'all, but, y'all live, you're fine. Right, yeah. right. That's cool. All right. So what about your mother? Mom was very much, you know, in line with this with with with, with this uh, scene that I've been building, I think. Um she she started up the PTF, which is the Christian version of the PTA, yeah. Parent Teacher Fellowship. Okay. Um, you know, she, she did that at both schools. Yeah. Um, so she was very involved, but housewife, mom didn't have to work. Yeah. So she was very much on top of it and that probably contributed in the later years to my uh, rebellion. Okay. Because, boy, she was right on top of me, and if I got in trouble, yeah. she was right there. You know, and so... Well, yeah, so everybody knows her at the school. And they oh, know she worked the, there. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. So whose idea was it for you to go to these schools? Parents. I mean, was, that both decision was made before, presumably, yes. Okay. Yeah, they're both very... I think it was a mutual decision. Yeah, all right. You know, um, if I can kiss and tell a little, but a funny story, I remember... Uh, this would have been at CCA, okay. seventh grade. Um, so we're in a pep rally, and the whole school's there. They have kindergarten through twelfth grade yeah. in the gym, All right. because we know seventh graders mix well with second graders. <laughs> but we're in the gym, and man, I'm sitting there, and I'm a, you know, going through puberty. My hormones are probably skyrocketing, and yeah. man, I get smacked with a pizza box coming out of left field. I never saw it coming. Pizza box yeah. dings me right in the head, and I stand up, and a line of obscenities come out. As I'm looking for, and it's some poor like fifth grader that I don't know why he threw a pizza box, which you know that was not cool, but yeah. hit me in the head and I didn't respond well. But anyways, I calmed down once I saw I was a fifth grader. I looked at him and I said a few choice words yeah. about hitting me with the pizza box again. No big deal. We moved on. <laughs> Fast forward an hour later, I'm in class. I look through the little door window and I see principal, and I see this kid standing beside him pointing his finger. That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> so anyways. I get pulled out of class, and you know, of course, I know what I, I know what's going on. I go into the principal's office. On my way to the principal's office, I walk by my mom's desk, mm. and she gives me the look. Go into the principal's <laughs> office. He shuts the door, and 
he pulls out a transcript of what this kid has written down that I said. And instead of editing it, he was so pissed off that I had evidently said these terrible things, and the kid embellished it. Okay. Okay? He said every word in the book. So my principal in this Christian school is so mad that he's yelling, and he reads this letter, yeah. but all the people out in the office here is, <laughs> you mf for you son of a... You. They think he's so mad that he's cussing me out. Because they just hear him reading what this kid said I wrote, and I come out of there, and every secretary in the office is just like a ghost, thinking, oh my gosh, what did you do to cause your him to, <laughs> to respond like that? So I thought that was a great story, but of course I told him, I was like, dude, that... I, I said this and that. I didn't say that. I did say that. Didn't, you know. But no big deal. I think he laughed about it after the fact, too. But everybody thought the principal would cuss me out. Well, he did they do that today to get fired. Now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, man. But he was he was hot. He did not he did not like the idea that I had cussed this kid out. Yeah, yeah, not in a pep rally. Come on. No, not in a pep rally. Oh. So you say you have brothers and you have siblings, right? Yep, older brother. Yeah. He grew up right there with me. Uh, except he finished, he graduated from that school. Yeah. And that may have contributed to me going to Creepview because it was after he had graduated, so I was the only one Yeah, uh, no, You left. had more protection, so to speak. Right, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, he was linear, parallel with me. Yeah. Huh. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. So tell us more about, uh, tell me, did you ever question your, when you got into Creekview... And you got knocked around a little bit, so to speak. Mm-hmm. When did you start questioning your faith? Never did, never have questioned my faith, which Good. maybe that goes back to my foundation. Uh, you know, um, I certainly have never been, rarely, if ever, worthy uh, of of what I feel like God does for me or what He did for me. And um, but I never questioned it, even when I was living. And a not so um, holy life, yeah. Which right away I want to say, have I ever lived a holy life? I, you know, I never have. Right. I mean, we're all humans, but yeah. when I was living at particularly unsavory points of right. my life, right. I never questioned my faith. Um, I was always a Christian. I would always pray through um, my tough times, um, and you know, we all go through tough times. But I went through good. Amount, yeah. you know, I mean, I was not living a very great life and never lost my faith. Um, and yeah. I got to, I guess, looking back, I got to contribute, you know, a lot of getting through those times to my faith. Yeah. Because know. even when you're lost more than you normally are, mm-hmm. if if you focus on God and that's your moral compass, He will, it will help you find your path again. Yeah. You yeah, know. It does. For sure. So you did you get did you get married? I did. Um, well, you said bad. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, because I'm not married currently, but um, yeah, you know, how old were you? Yeah, too young. Uh, when we got married, my son was nine months old. So we we got married when I was about 21 okay. or 22. We'd been together for five years, but obviously we had had a kid. Um, high school sweetheart. Very young. Yeah, high school sweetheart. She was. 15, I was like 17 when we met, which nowadays, whatever. I, I think I think it was 15 and 17, if I'm not mistaken. Whatever. Yeah. But um, uh, five years, which at that time, that's like a 30-year life, so that's a big relationship. And, yeah. you know, unfortunately, the relationship didn't work out, um, as it 
so often won't in that situation. Yeah. Uh, but we did get married. We were married for nine months before it dissolved. So. Wow. Yeah. Nine months. Why? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, um, uh, what's the word? I, w- I would say it was obviously it takes two to tangle. Mm-hmm. So how about I just leave it with it takes two to tangle. We we didn't contribute to the relationship enough to make it successful. Yeah, yeah. Marriage takes a lot of work. Relationships take a they lot. They do. Of work. And at twenty one, you're in most of the time no condition. No. Now I know some people that are you know that seem to stay in that bubble their whole life, and God bless them. Yeah. Like they just and there they are, and then they're forty, and yeah. they became successful. But they always just had this little wholesome life. Like yeah. we all know those people. Just life yeah. seems charmed for them. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, y- you're not going to have a very successful start in life if you're married and have a kid at 21. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I tell people that we get people in our church like, "Oh, I'm getting married. And they're like 18 years old. I'm like, no. Right. <laughs> go. Go. Wait. Go, go get in trouble. Figure right. it out. And yeah. Then, figure it out. Yeah. Have fun with it. Because I never got. My, but I got married two and a half years ago, and June will be three years for me. Uh, 39 years old. Right. And at no point prior to that would you have ever been ready for it, probably. No. I, I was engaged once. You met me once when I was in, when you first met me, I was engaged. Okay. Um, but I am so glad that did not work out. Right. Because I was not ready, because I still had to go through all my drunk stages one more time before I finally figured it out. So Right. No, yeah. you know, blessings in disguise sometimes. Oh. What when, seems like a bad thing isn't always in hindsight. When you look back, oh yeah. it's like, oh, that was perfect. That was perfect. Yeah, because uh, when I met when I met my wife now, I was just like, all right. Because when I, I turned 30, I was like, it's time for me to get practical. And at 25, I was not practical as, as I thought it was. Right. So I was like, I'm done. I'm out. This sucks. I can't do this no more. We're breaking up. I'm sorry, I'm going to be heartbroken, but I got a whole lot of beer to go drink and some girls to go meet, and I'm going to go do that. Right. Because I need to do this. I still That's need what to, I need to do. That's what I need to do. And then I can tell people, you do you, we'll figure it out in the end. If it's meant to be, we'll come back together. Right. Thank God it never came back together. And then I met my wife today at, as a 31, 32, and I met her, and then my 30s have been with her. Right. So it's been a blessing in disguise. And I was like, all right. So, yeah, man. Life's got a funny way about it. Yes, it does. So you got so you married nine months. So were you? Did you have a kid during that marriage, or is it after? Yeah. Before? So we got married when he was nine months old. Um, so we were together for like five years, but uh, we're not married when he was born. Got married and quickly dissolved. You know. Dang. Yeah. So yeah. Well, how's your how's your kid now about all that? Oh, he's awesome. You know, he, he's. You, is it a boy? Yeah, Troy. Okay. Tro- Troy, okay. well, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. So, uh, he's awesome. You know, I'm single, single dad, uh, 100%. I've had him since he was seven. Um, so, he's my little compadre. You yeah. Know? I mean, my buddy. Certainly, uh, if there's one thing that I can be most proud of about in life, it, it's him. Yeah. Uh, because uh, one thing I really did pretty good was when uh things unfolded the way they did and i I realized that i was going to be a single dad i committed to him you know that's when i quit going to chili's for the most part that didn't happen overnight um but i would spend my time with him so that happened during that time when i met you was that going on i got him uh in like 20 
11. Okay. All the time. Yeah. So, you know, if you and me met in 05, we were very much still, um, uh, he was a, he was born in 05. Oh, so, wow. So, so those first few years that we were cruising Chili's, so yeah. to say, he was uh, very much uh, still with his mom half the time. You, yeah, I remember you not, you, you never made that a secret. You're like, I got, I'm a, I got a kid. Right. I got to yeah. go. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. I'll and, see you some other time. All right, man, peace. Yeah. But, you know, when, when I didn't have him or because uh, I lived at home, uh, even when I did have him, once he was asleep, yeah, I'd go to Chili's. Yeah, <laughs> 10 o'clock yeah. night. You'd be right, rolling 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. But eventually... Like, what's up, John? What's up? Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I needed that. I needed that. Yeah. Chili's was like therapy for me through those hard times because le- becoming a single dad, um, I wasn't involved in church at the time if yeah. we're going to... St- Stick to the subject on that matter. So I wasn't, I wasn't getting support uh, from churchgoers because I wasn't attending. Yeah. So very much Chili's was my church. Yeah. And uh, y'all are good people. I mean, it sounds funny because it's a bar, or it, it's. Well, there's a group. There's a good group of guys there that we drank with. Yes, and so, uh, yeah. man, I'd come in there sometimes during a particularly bad day uh, because things weren't going good with his mom or something. Yeah, and I I would be heartbroken. I maybe I called him that night and he was crying to come home, and I knew things weren't good where he was at, and yeah, I was heartbroken about it or something. And people at that place would just carry me, mm-hmm. you know, emotionally. Yeah, I remember, God bless her, man, uh, Trish, and I won't say her last name even though she deserves all the credit in the world, but she used to listen to me crying. She'd stuff her hand down my pocket and. <laughs> I know it sounds dirty. She stuck her hand down my pocket, and I knew what she was doing, um, but I'd never look at it, and I'd tell her, no, 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 and she would pat me and say, you know, you're such a good dad, and I'd go home, and it'd be $500, and she'd say, I want you to use that to get your son, and she did that more than once, and a lot of people up there did that. Uh, more than one person would would lend me support in one way or another, whether it was financial or, or ver- <laughs> various things, probably. Uh, and and it was just because they believed in me, yeah. And they, you know, wanted, you know, me to to find peace with this whole thing, yeah. So I have great. Uh, that was my church for those early years, and I needed that, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And it was only until I became a full time dad that I backed out of Chili's and drinking entirely, yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Um, never abstained totally, but backed out of Chili's, and you know, I don't ever go there anymore. Yeah. Rarely, um, I don't go out much uh, because I've just committed to him so much, and uh, we joined a church about two cool two years ago. Um, Do you want to say the name? Yeah, you know it's Valwood Park yeah, Baptist yeah, Church. Yeah, give him a yeah, yeah Valwood Park Baptist Church. Uh-huh. Uh, Pastor Hayes, good people. I am very much a new to church kind of guy because even though I grew up in it, guys, if you lay off for fifteen years, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. So I grew up in church, but I hadn't been going to church since I was 15. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I have a great regret because if I just said one of my proudest moments is being a committed father, well, a great regret that I have is that he's 13 and we've only just begun to scratch the regular church attendance. Mm-hmm. So um, do have regrets there, but, uh, you know, it's never too late. What do you regret? So you know, I should we should have been in church for ten years, but um, church has a good a good purpose in in our life, I think. 
So why, 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 why would you regret this? Because it's a good learning curve. It's a wonderful learning. It's a good way to be like, okay, time to come back. Time to do this. Right. Just because I let formative years of, of him growing up without oh. being influenced. Yeah. You know, I, I should have. Now, he's always been taught about Jesus and stuff because that's important to us as a family. Yeah. But I would have liked to have had him in Sunday school and church. But at the same time, look what it did for me. Yeah. Right. So so I'm not sitting around crying about it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you want to do what you, as a parent, you feel like it's your obligation to do certain things. And church is one thing that I wished I had been doing longer than I have been. Um, but such is life. You're in a good spot, man. Yeah. You're doing a good job. Thank you. Right on. Thank you. Um, what's, um, I was just thinking about this. Uh, what's... Uh, Troy is the name, right? Yes, sir. What's his extended family? I mean, grandparents, aunts, uncle. He's got an uncle, at least one uncle, right? Yeah, we we kind of have an, I would say a, a unique, uh, chemistry or complex. But in today's world, it's not that unique. So, um, he was raised. I mean, he, my dad was almost his dad for those first five years, mm-hmm. um, because my dad didn't work uh, by that point. And Troy obviously was not in school, yeah, and right. we all would work. So Troy and Poppy are at home all day. So um, uh, he was very close to my dad and very close to my uncle because we all live together. Uncle lives there too. So okay, we're just yeah. like we've been almost our – we both moved out, but then we came back when my dad got sick. Uh, and so anyways, we had a uh, very close with my uncle, very close with my mom, and – Unfortunately, when his when his mom uh, went through her struggles, and that kind of uh, precipitated a slow um, uh, separation with her family, okay. not not actively. I mean, we're still cool. I'm cool with all of her family. We talk. We uh, Troy knows his grandma on that side. We have dinner with her probably once every two or three months. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, we don't see her. He doesn't see her family much. But my family, I've got aunts and uncles like we all do all over the place. And we take at least three or four times a year to go see just about every one of them. Cool. That's yeah, so he, yeah. He, he knows his people and, and enjoys going to see them. Yeah. We got, you know, just like probably y'all do, there's ones that live in the country. Mm-hmm. And we're the city folk, you know, here. Yeah. We live in Dallas and scattered all over so he's got a good we come from a good family good good, that's good. man that's amazing um and we're gonna take a break whoa ho this is dan with church taylor productions and if you are listening to the show you might be listening to the show on apple podcasts subscribe to our show Follow us on Spotify, listen to us on Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher, and Overcast. Like our Facebook page. Email us at churchtableproductions at gmail.com. That's churchtableproductions, all one word, at gmail.com. If you have any questions, thoughts, suggestions, whatever, email me. I'll get back to you. I might even read your email out on the air. Um <clears throat> Church Table Productions is sponsored by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm, the one-stop shop to get your podcast off the off the ground. Thank you for listening to my show. All right, so we are back with Jonathan Collins and our guest. And um, here we go. So 
you have been married once, mm-hmm. and you are in a new a new relationship, quote unquote, new relationship. Mm-hmm. And where are you going? In the relationship? Yeah. So this is kind of a big thing. Oh, it is. Thank yeah. Thank you. Because um, when I knew you, you were single. You're like, no, nah, I'm done. Yeah. But very now, much. I I had no aspirations. I had honestly resigned myself to be single till Troy was 18, which would be another five years. That was already pretty much decided. Yeah. But life throws curveballs at us, doesn't oh, yeah. it? So yeah. what I failed to anticipate was before he's 18, he's going to reach the point in life where he doesn't need me nor want me around all the time. We're still buddies, yeah. he, but he's 13. So he's doing his thing sometimes. Yeah. And so what so that nice. did, and here, here, here's where God really can call it what you want. I'm going to call it God. All right. But here's where God can really make you chuckle. Um, it's almost like a puppeteer, like up here pulling strings. Yeah. But so, okay, so I have time. Well, geez, I haven't had time in like 13 years. What am I going to do? I, am I going to go back to Chili's and start drinking again? Or, of course not. I've grown. So, yeah. no, I'm going to go to yoga <laughs> and work on um, stretching. I, yeah. was, I was working out trying to get in better shape, and I wanted to stretch the muscles. So I got to yoga. Well, <laughs> running. I see a girl that I, I recognize from Troy's school as being a parent of another kid. Right. But I just recognize her. We don't know each other. Okay. But I know her kid yeah. because her little kid likes Troy. So anyways, I uh, think she's cute immediately. And so I do walk up and say, hey, you know, you're so-and-so's mom, right? Yeah. She's like, oh, who, who are you? So I introduce that's myself. The, the, the classic movie scene. At yoga. Yeah. Yes. And so that's it. And then we run into each other <laughs> at yoga like three months later. And I, you know, we speak again. and And then... God takes over and it's like doors just open. All of a sudden, there's a mutual interest. Yeah. And we, but but you can't talk about it. It's just two people flirting with each other, but mm-hmm. nobody's admitting it, right? Yeah, yeah. So we we make plans to meet at Wildfire Festival. You ever been? Uh, yeah. In Richardson? Yes. Great festival. I saw deep. I saw um um what's that blues band um, big out there harmonica. Oh, blues blues travelers. The blues travelers. I okay, saw so, them there. Yeah. Right, wait, what festival was that again? Wildflower. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yes, wildflower. Um, Not wildflower. This year, it's yeah. going to be 80s hair metal. Let's plug wildflower while we're at this, guys. We're here. Okay, rat. <laughs> Any rat fans? No? no. Golly. Uh, I know Quiet riot. Okay, so good bands this year. So anyways. We'll, we'll get into that. That's a question I got for you later. We'll get into okay. that. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I can talk music. Yeah, so anyways, uh, we make plans to hang out there and, man, from May 25th or whenever that day was... That was it. We were off to the races, madly in love. Uh, within four weeks, both of us couldn't bite our tongue any longer to say, I think I think we're in love. I started to tell her, actually, and she cut me off and said, I think I love you. I was like, hey, you stole my thunder. Oh, I was no. about to say, That's I think so I love sweet. you, and you just stole it from me. So anyways, oh. little thief. Um, but yeah, man, we've been just awesome, you know, and that door opened out of the clear blue sky for me and that's uh, you know me and her have always said from the very beginning that it was just like every force in the cosmos just worked and conspired to bring us together because yeah, from the moment is. we really met I mean dude it was just so perfect how doors opened you know and yeah. and I, I don't know love can be an amazing thing not yes, to be sappy not to be sappy but you no, know that's really cool it's yeah, right. yeah. It, when it's right it's right you're saying this term cosmos and in fact in my intro my re-intro 
I talked about people, religion, spirituality. And spirituality, when people say their spirituality, they're like the universe or the cosmos are in with me. So where you stand, you are bubble Baptist, bus bubble Baptist, non-denominational spiritual. Absolutely. Going to yoga. I don't think yeah. that, uh, I think that it is a, a foolish for us to think that we have anything figured out about God or any of no. such. So uh, the cosmos, uh, yoga, um, energies, well, so don't, all that stuff. Don't can, throw yoga into that. Well, I'm just saying yeah. because they teach uh, from from an energy perspective, cosmos and, and forces. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think that's contrary to religion like some people do, like your yeah, traditionalists. Yeah. I mean, who knows what God created? And there could be major energy flowing all around us from God. And that's what they're picking up on. And well, I mean, yeah. you know, May the force be with you. Absolutely. Good vibes, man. Good go. vibes. Yeah. Yeah, right on. So keep going, keep going. Tell me about this girl. Well, yeah, so she, she, she's, uh, you know, we, we found each other at the right time. She's got two small kids, younger than mine. She's older than me, which I think is perfect. Yeah. Because I, I needed, I'm an old soul, and yeah. I really need that. There's no games. Um, we're past that, and uh, things are good, you know. Things are good. We're we're in a really good what's place. Her, what's her first name? Nicole. Nicole. Yeah. Hello. 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 Write that down. Don't write that down. I'm writing it down. Right. Taking notes. <laughs> Taking notes. Besides, that's my daughter's uh, middle name. So there you go. Hello. I, I, I'm going to take a picture of this and post it on a, on our Facebook page. Okay? Right. Yeah. We'll see if he spelled it right. It's got an H in it. <laughs> no, that's not the word. That's Ooh. not how you spell it. That's, that's not, not how, how you, you spell, spell it, it Nicole. Yeah. You hear that? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's no, that's, that's not Nicole's fault. That's her parents' fault. Yeah. It's two words. Nick Hole. <laughs> Nicole. Nicole. Oh, sorry. I'm going there. <laughs> I would love to meet you at some point, Nicole. Sorry. I got to meet this guy, Dan. He totally screwed my name up. Yeah. Right. Sorry, hon. All right. So, you're there. Very happy. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, do all the kids know each other and everybody's all happy? We played big... that very slow. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, too. Very slow. Um, but, but, yes, we all know each other. And we, on very seldom occasion, do get together like tomorrow we're gonna go because the kids want the little ones hers want to try out the magic of the chocolate fountain at golden corral Ooh. and we're like oh gosh you know i mean as a kid golden corral is probably like the best place in the world they got pizza golden and corral. chicken nuggets and but as an adult i'm like uh you know it's probably no, you, overpriced you can't and be the chocolate fountain dude. but the you're chocolate like, fountain is cool. Yeah, and, cool and her kids are super psyched about the chocolate fountain so i'm taking troy and uh a cousin that's going to be visiting that's Troy's age. Redneck and fun right there. We're going to have some redneck fun, man. We're going to chocolate <laughs> fountain. Chocolate fountain right Dude, there. I'm telling you, one of her kids is liable to put the pizza in the chocolate fountain. <laughs> and, and I'll be there yeah, to take a so picture. What? Nothing. I'm cool with it, <laughs> man. All, all day. Very cool. Yeah. All right, right on. So you're, um, there's four now, four kids, potential in a family. No, three. Three. She's got two. I've got one. Okay, so three. Right. Do you right. Want, do you want more kids? Well, I always thought it was a given that I would have more kids. Yeah. I always knew when Troy got raised, I, I thought I, w I was gonna have a whole other family because yeah. that's what I wanted in life. But, yeah. uh, you, you know, life gives us, like I said, life's got a funny way about it. So and you wanted a family. Is that the way you're raised because of that? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think that we all want that, don't we? I mean, most people, not not everybody. I'm not being that general, but but most people, I mean, that's kind of like what we were almost evolved to do was was to have children and raise them in the ways of the force. 
Yeah, well, that's how you live on. Yeah, yeah but, I mean, it's know. just, it's natural. Yeah. But um, I don't know that it, you know, was or wasn't contributed to the way I was raised. Um, I started so early in life on that front, I think it would only have been done by choice, but I certainly thought that I wanted more kids, and uh, she's older than I am, which is awesome. Uh, but how, it, how old? She's 45. Yeah. And Wait, I'm how old are you? 34. <laughs> yeah. So it it creates a, you know, me and her have talked about that. And, you know, uh, she's got very little kids, five and six. And uh, it doesn't seem to be in the cards. And I'm okay with that. Okay. You know, she's got two kids that uh, have a dad. Yeah. Uh, but I'm totally uh, loving the idea that I could be an influence on their life. Yeah. And a positive person in their life and just another support structure. Yeah. So that's where my energy's at and I'm cool with that. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot to chew on. Yeah. yeah. It was for a few weeks and then I swallowed it and you move on. It's <laughs> like you you know, you make that choice and you're like, Yeah, you know what? Okay, I'm cool with this. Yeah. And, right. and you and you say so you you move. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Totally admire that. When it's right, it's right. It's right, it's right. Definitely for sure. The way it was for me and my wife when I asked her to marry me, I'm like, I'm doing this. God love it. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> if it works, great. If not, uh, well, I guess I'm You know out. where you were supposed <laughs> to be right then. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, wow, man, 45. Wow. Yeah. And, and she's she, ready to hate you now because you told her all she's on. Well, you asked. Apple, I'm not going to lie on a know, Christian Apple podcast. podcast. <laughs> Jeez. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Oh, right. Shoot. Sorry, yeah. we won't take a picture of her, okay? Nor so. say the last name. Yeah, or her last name. Although people might say, like, Nick Hole. Yeah. You know, right? No. First name Nick, last name Hole. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, okay. All right, so you guys are nine years apart, right? Uh, Eleven. Eleven. I'm sorry, I got my math wrong, way wrong. She has two, you have one. Mm-hmm. Five and six and 13. Right. And... Where in y'all's world is religion? Funny, so being as close as me and her are, uh, 10 months in is still a relatively short time. Yeah. And um, while we've talked so much uh, about so much, one thing that we haven't talked about, I know that she supports me, and I know that she doesn't control me, and she knows the same. So I think that that subject hasn't been broached yet. Yeah. Um, I asked her this week, of all things, I said, would you go to church with me one day? And she said, no. Or I think she said, she's a sweetheart. She wouldn't have said no like that. I, I misrepresented her. She said, not, I'd rather not. That's not, that's, that's not you, my thing is what she was basically saying. You heard that's no. I heard a no, and of course I said probably something like smart-alecky and jokey uh, after 60 seconds of silence, and she, of course, being supportive, she said, if you really wanted me to, of course I would. Well, there you go. And Uh, then, uh, but you know, uh, hasn't been really discussed, and if if your question would have been, was I looking for somebody with like-minded views, I would say yes. That's one of the questions, but... Yeah, I may have cheated. But, uh, um, but you know, the, the, the answer to that would have been yes, but like I've said, man, I don't question uh, stuff when it's so right that it's just there. It would be foolish to question it. So me and her are where we're at, and we're super happy, and uh, haven't even discussed the 
word religion with her. Uh-huh. I know she was raised Catholic. Oh wow! Very much. Uh, my, I'm sorry. You're fine. So very, very much uh, raised in a uh, Catholic family. We've talked about that. Uh-huh. You know, but we've never had a real moment of delineation where we discussed where we're at in life as adults and yeah. when you can choose to be a part of something or not. Yeah, that's a uh, that makes more sense now. She's raised Catholic. I've heard this a thousand times. I was raised Catholic, but I no longer go to Catholic church. There's a very good reasons why. Right. And that it's a it's a pothole of reasons to why they don't go to church no more. But I had my reasons why I didn't go to church for a long time, from twelve to thirty. So. Right. And so, can I ask a question yeah. about that? What, where do you go to church, or what kind of church is it? It's Catholic. Okay, so you're back in the Catholic church. Yeah, I'm back in the Catholic church. Where? So when I met you, I wasn't going to church. Right. Um, um, when I turned thirty, I decided to just go back and shut up and sit down. Right. And just listen. Yeah, and actually listen because you want to instead of. Yeah. You were told to. Yeah, growing up was very difficult for me because my in my mom kind of touched on it with me, and I touched with my mom is my mom was raised I'm a, I'm what what you call a cradle Catholic, and so my mother uh, would, as Catholic people are, Catholic parents are, you're told to take your kids to church no matter what, just take your kids to church, and so she did that kicking and screaming, and um, at the time it was just me and my older sister, and this was in a early 70s, late 70s, early 80s that this all happened. And I was just a real jerk about it, bitching, screaming the entire time. Like, I didn't want to go. There's no reason to go. My dad isn't going. My dad's my role model. You're rebelling. I was rebelling the, the entire time. And right. then, so when my mom, she finally had enough. She says, when you turn 12, just to shut me up. Just like most parents do, they'll tell your kid to say something to shut the kid up. And so she said, when you turn 12, you can make your own decision to go to church or not. Uh-huh. So, all right, when I turn 12, they're like, oh, I'm out, peace. And she's like, I said, no, you said that. And she's like, I did say that. I can't go back on that. And now, and that was it. Right. So in high school, I got in a lot, a lot of trouble. I started getting around the wrong people and just just being really stupid. And this uh, guy came out in blue and took me under his wing and um, showed me that there's more than one ways to love Christ. And so off we went. And I got I was born again. Um, the Baptists even think this. We come down to altar call or uh, come on down and get saved again. Right. Whatever. Uh, the same thing. So I got born again. And, and I went through this huge thing where um, I'm going to explore every church I can find. Because our country says freedom of religion, I'm going to use that to the T. And I went to the Mormon church. I went to Episcopalians. I went to every door I could find to find where I need to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do I need to believe? And it during this time, I learned way more than my mother ever learned growing up in a Catholic church. She went to Catholic school growing up. And most people that I talked to, like my own wife, she said she didn't learn about her religion until she was 29. And she grew up in a Catholic church. And I learned about my religion through high school just just by just by learning, just by asking questions, just by not taking because I said so. Um, because if somebody ever told me no, I'm like, oh, no, I want to know why. Right. Well, because you had a vested interest on that second time around, as opposed to just being put there because that's where mom drug you. Yeah. 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 I really wanted that's the big difference. I didn't listen. I, I went to church uh, and grew up going to Bible class five days a week. I didn't retain any of it. No. 
even though I learned every Bible verse in the book, I didn't retain any of it because I was forced to do it. And so it didn't settle with me, right? No, it didn't settle with me And at then, all. And then you circle back around as you become an adult after you've had the trials and tribulations. Mm-hmm. And if you find yourself so inclined yeah. to, to, to go back there, yep. then you're listening. Yeah, I was listening. I sat back, went back to church when I was 30 years old. I literally turned 30. And a week later, I found myself sitting on the steps of, the, of our old church building. <clears throat> and I was just like, all right, this is it. Here I am. What do I need to do now? And uh, I got involved in several groups, ministries, and just took off from there. And that's where I met my wife. Right. Um, so, so they're God working, you know, like you had found a place in life yeah. where God felt like you were ready for something. And he put that yeah. person in your life. That's how I'd look at it. Yeah. And I had dated tons of women, tons of women of different denominations. And it was always a question, what are you? How can we make this work? Because I know what I am. And I'm very open-minded. It's just going to flow. Mm-hmm. And when I met, when I finally said, okay, I'm going to go back to the Catholic Church, there'd be, I'm Catholic. I was always been Catholic. But when I went back and I met Julie, I was like, okay, she's Catholic. That's good. Right. I don't get worried about it. A bit of a relief. Sure. It's a huge relief. Got that being, box checked off. Yeah, because I wasn't I wasn't having to like explain to, like, like I, I've taken dates to Christmas and Easter Masses before. Mm-hmm. And I had to explain to them. Okay, we gotta get up, and you're not supposed to be talking because you're distracting everybody else. But I'm like, okay, we gotta get up now. <laughs> why? Because we just have to. I don't know why, but this I is don't even know why. But this is what we do. Because <laughs> wh- why don't you know? Because that's that's what I was told to. Because I don't know because <laughs> we have to. So that we gotta stand up now. We gotta kneel. Why? Because we just gotta kneel. Right. I'm sorry, I don't know the answers because I wasn't told the answers because my parents don't know the answers and those people over like there don't know the answers. It's like a social experiment. It's been going on for a thousand years <laughs> and nobody knows why. Nobody yeah. knows. <laughs> <laughs> but now we do know why. Like we found, like the Catholic Church really discovered their mistakes and uh, what and that happened during Vatican II, where Vatican II said, "Hey, you need to uh, don't worry about teaching your kids. We got it." They're talking to the parents in that time. They're baby boomers. And so the baby boomers were like, okay, no problem. I'll do what the Pope says. And then now you have a bunch of baby boomers who know nothing about their faith, know nothing about the Catholic Church and why they do what they do. And you have my generation coming in and like, he, we're his, you're not even my generation, but no, you're... I'm the baby boomer who didn't, didn't know nothing. Right. And then so he's learning just like I am. And we're now we're teaching a younger generation of kids and youth group why we do what we do and the reasons why we do what we do because it's important to know these things not just because I told you so yeah don't just do something because that's what you were told to do but yeah. why do you do it because yeah. it does all have meaning I'm sure it's got absolutely our meanings go all the way back to the time of Jesus himself mm-hmm. it, there was no schism in our church it was just the way it's always been we've added a few things throughout this, throughout the time but we stand up because we stand up because we're we're representing, we're giving respect. Right. You know, like soldiers stand up to the general, same thing here. We stand right. up to the cross and the crucifix because it's respectful. Right. We're not doing it because we need, because we're fat. Right. We're doing it because we got to, it's, it's respect. And there's a bunch of other stuff in there too, like tons of history stuff. That, that, that's my specialty, like I was saying earlier. My specialty in the Catholic Church is history. His is RCIA and what else? <laughs> uh, well, somewhat of the history, somewhat of, of um, the education and, and reading scripture and going through a little bit of the catechism and, and why things, why we do what we do, um, and some of the history of the church as well. Yeah. Um, 
Well, like the reason why we kneel is because we are in the presence of the Lord. Yeah. Okay. And he's God. Yeah. And his physical presence is there on the altar. Yeah. So we kneel. Yeah. That's what we should be doing. Yeah. Okay. Just sit down. You'll be okay. Because it, you're not kneeling forever. Just go with it. <laughs> we will be more than happy to explain everything to you. It's not a big deal to us to explain to. And like the baby boomers are saying, because we have to. Oh, man, come on. So anyways, that's where I met. That's how I came into the church and back in the church and where I'm at today. Being open-minded as when I hear baby boomers saying, oh, those Baptists or whatever, I'm like, why are you saying that? Why are you, why are you talking about that? That's not okay to talk about that because they're no different than you are other than they just be a little bit different in the same way. We're all going for the same thing. We're all going to the Absolutely. same place. And for, and for what it's worth, where I came from, yeah. there was never... Um, any disrespect for lack of a better word because I'm yeah. not sure that that's the right word but where I came from we always acknowledged that uh, Methodists and Baptists and uh, these different uh, divisions were all Christian mm -hmm. and then there was Catholic which was a bit separate mm -hmm. but we always I, in my circle in my bubble yeah. uh, we were always in the same mm -hmm. bubble Right. I mean, there was never, uh, I never heard ill words towards, I've never to this day heard anybody from um, a religious standpoint within uh, where I come from speak yeah. ill of any uh, any Christian or Catholic person. That's good. Um, but you did. Yeah. You heard, you know, and, and that's just, you know, that's just people. I hear it today. I'm like, you're in the 21st we're, century. We're man. all going for the same thing. Yeah. Well, number one, we're trying to better ourselves. Yeah. And that should be supported uh, unanimously. Yeah. And we're also, you know, uh, seeking a higher power, which I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No. Nope. Um, and most religions are based on morals, which we should all be pretty supportive of. I think we could all use morals yeah. Yeah, uh, in better, this world. Better morals and higher virtue. Yeah. yeah. I mean, know, what's wrong to make with the it? world a better place? Right. Yeah. And that's why you can't damn something, even if it's not. Uh, in agreement with what your beliefs are, now you can disagree with them. But if they're still seeking virtue and what we, what you were just saying, you know, if we're, if if they're seeking um, better, higher morals and yeah. virtues in in society, even if it's not Jesus, yeah. I mean, it's not a bad thing. Right. And we just you know we nitpick in our society, especially where we're at with the with the uh, luxury that we have, we can sit around and actually nitpick about stuff like that, you know? Yeah, stupid. It's yeah. stupid. It's the, the, the PCU universe right now. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, that's where I stand in it because it's just, I'm, that's where, I'm, I'm one of the most open-minded Catholics you're ever going to meet because it's all good to me. Right. I don't care. If, if you want to be the doorknob, help yourself, man. Right. I'm not going to judge you for it. That's no, I know, that. I know that much about you to be true. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yep. No, I'm very thinking said that's true. No, you're cool. Yeah. You're, you're, you're cool with, with, with stuff. You're not judgmental. And no, I don't care, you're, man. You're open-minded and people are going to be what they're going to be and you know you're not going to change that so you're not even trying. No, like when, I, when people come talk to me and start hitting me with a bunch of stuff like derogatory toward captures, I'm like, dude, that's cool, man. Go get a beer. Right. You know, let's, 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 right. let's get a hug. Let's hug it out. Right. You know, let's not worry about this, man. It's not worth fighting over because there's a lot more things in the world right now that we can argue about that can actually make a difference with us. Like, 
Let's go help well, your Well, the church is not immune from sin yeah. any more than man is. Especially. Because yeah. church is made up of man. So when people start talking about, oh, look at the Catholic church or look at what's going on in this church down the street, I mean, yeah. that church is made of men mm-hmm. and women. So, yeah. I mean, right. just because... That's, that's the, the whole point is that you know, when you say the church, regardless of whether it's the Catholic church or Baptist or whatever, it's the people running the church. Yeah. Um, there have been some really great popes in the history, you know, 2,000 years, and there have been some really slimeball oh, popes. Oh, seriously yeah. slimeball. Okay, and uh, it's just men. Pope still puts his pants on one leg at a time, just like everybody else, yep. okay? And he's not some sort of uh, special person. He's more knowledgeable. And, you know, when you have, you know, the Catholic faith represents over a billion people worldwide. You have to have somebody leading it. You can't, you can't just go haphazard. And that's what people get confused is, you know, everybody thinks that the Pope is the leader. Well, he's actually the, the servant of the rest of the people, of the rest of the congregation. He's, their, he's our servant to guide us in our morals, to point things out. And, you know, we're going through a church crisis now with uh, uh, the priests and, and all that stuff. And they're having some big conference or they just had a conference and they'll probably come out with some encyclical or something about what's, what we're going to do about it. An encyclical is like a big list of word, rules now. So it's not one of those things that the Catholic well, Church is... Explains, it explains the Catholic's point of view. Yeah, so it's it's a big word that says this is what we're doing. Right. Well, you got a billion people you're trying to police, yeah. and uh, you know, there's stuff's going to happen. There's no justification right. there by yeah. me saying that, but uh, you know, I mean, you can't blame God for man's mistakes. Right. No. Right. Yeah, but you shouldn't say the Catholic Church is evil. No. Right. You know, no, there are, there are evil people who are members who claim to be members of the church. Right. Um, but you know the Catholic Church basically at its heart is good. I remember this is a off point, but no. it's, uh, you know that friend of mine that I was talking about earlier that was not religious, and he would one of his arguments was always, "Well, if I'd born been born, you know, in uh, China, I'd have been Buddhist, you know, or if I'd been born in you know Iraq, I'd be Muslim. Yeah, you're just Christian because you're born here." And I always found that really hard to argue at the time. Uh, because I was like, well, you know what? I kind of agree with what you just said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, I think it says in the Bible that uh, it's, our, it's our job to spread the gospel yes, to every corner of the earth so that at some point in our lives, we all should be given the opportunity to choose mm-hmm. our religion. Um, so even if you were born into Buddhism, yeah. at some point you're going to be exposed to other religions mm-hmm. and have the opportunity to switch. Yeah. Uh, but I always thought it was an interesting argument that he that he made, and I've heard it since, of course, mm-hmm. you know. But you know, it's just the idea that we're products of just where we come from, you know, more than a choice. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's an actual true statement. Yeah, yeah. There's no arguing. I agree. It's, yeah. it's just a statement. It's just it. Yeah, it's pretty much probably true. Yeah. But you also, at some point, will get a choice. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, you hopefully do. <laughs> yeah, like I, I told my uh, my uh, my my stepson. Uh, one day he came home from school and I said, um, your school, young, young life, you ever heard, you ever heard of young yeah. life? Mm-hmm. They have a huge footprint in that high school. And I said, if you're not into the Catholic church, go to that church, help yourself, knock yourself out. There's no wrong way about it. You're not wrong for doing that. You're wrong for thinking you're wrong to do that. So go and be free, man. Right. Go learn something, you know? Yeah. Young life is a Christian 
faith thing. Christian is very Christian based. Um, they are, uh, they're very actually. They do. They work. They really do a good job of what they do. Um, I've been approached through from. I've been approached by Young Life to help teach their kids. On, uh, but they also meet on Sunday nights, which is the time that we meet in our youth group on Sunday nights. So I've told them no, but because my mind is open-minded. If they knew that I was 100% Catholic, like straight, narrow Catholic, they would have said no. They mm-hmm. never would approach me because because mm-hmm. I set my ways. Like those old, like I like said, the uh, the phrase, the old school, sometimes you get so old school, you come backwards. There's a lot of people like that in our church today that are old school. They're so old school, they're backwards. Like nothing they say makes any more sense because it's no longer relevant to today. Right. So <clears throat> when, young life, when Young Life approached me, and they're like, they said, are you Catholic? Of course I'm Catholic. And then they start talking to me, interviewed me, and I was like, well, I'm open-minded. And they learned I was open-minded about everything because it's, it's all beautiful to me. It works. It's great. Whatever the kids, whatever, however you can reach our kids today to get them to believe more or believe or just believe in general, that, that's a step forward in the right direction, I think. Agreed. Yeah. So let's go back. Um, uh, so you're now in, you're now in a relationship and you're very happy, and so you're you're gonna have a little bit of a little bit of a thing on your hands because if you grew up in a Catholic church and you're not, it is or is not gonna be a thing. Well, t- to me, for for I, where I came from, it's not a thing. Well, um, because I I am really quite uneducated on the Catholic religion. Yeah, I mean, really. You probably wouldn't even understand it, uh, but I grew up. Try me. I, I grew up Baptist, and I don't know. I don't know really anything about Catholic uh, uh, yeah. religion. I'll I don't, take you if you want to. Yeah, I've never, I've never, <laughs> never been in. A, I've never even attended a Catholic funeral, Catholic wedding. Never been in a Catholic church. Yeah. So I mean, uh, to me, Catholics were always kind of like right beside Christians, and we all believe basically the same thing. There's, yeah. You know, there's that Mary character. Just, and, just say no. Catholic is Christian. Yes, okay. yes. I'm We're misspeaking, but yeah. but um, I should say Baptist or whatever uh, denomination of of the church that I was raised around. Um, so there's a phrase that I use a lot: your identity, what you are as a Christian, your identity is what you believe in. Your your sect, Baptist, Catholic, Methodist. That's that's your identity. That's that's who you. That's who you identify with. That's the church you go to. You're a Christian, but you're a Baptist Christian. Right. So to speak. Okay. Okay. Good way to refer to it. Yes. Yeah. So, so you're, so oh man, I, I wish I can talk to her. I want to talk to her because I want to figure out like what happened. And um, I'd like you to talk to her because you'd be approaching subjects I've never, that's, that's uncharted water for me. So, yes, I'm saying that yeah, you're, <laughs> you're going to come up, you're come up with some um, things. And I don't know, man. It's, it's it's always an interesting conversation to say well, what what happened. Well, you know, it's like what are the, they always say: don't talk politics and religion. So you Secret know, I beer, I, tr- yeah. I try to uh, subscribe to that, even even though I, I don't know. I've I've met some great people like at my church uh, that just good people, good yeah. people, oh, like yeah. really really good people. That, and, and and they they're trying to be better Christians and better people, and they inspire me to want to mm-hmm. do the same because. They're people, and they talk about how you know I get frustrated. I'll cuss or say something. It's like we're all doing the same. Yeah. We're all doing this together. Yeah. There's no problem that I have that you don't have. Yeah. In some variation, um, but you know, 
talking religion is just it's a difficult subject especially with people that you're really close to um, you're gonna have to cross that road at some point sure sure yeah yeah, yeah. it's just when I mean, that time she, comes you know, he needs to wait until she's ready to talk about it Nicole, right don't don't feel any pressure there's no, no, pr- pressure, no pressure there. Babe. No, yeah. no pressure babe i would yeah. be like hey nicole do you want to go to church with me right oh hey. i asked that i got that answer what'd she say remember she was like yeah. uh no no uh, like hey, hey i'm, I'm gonna go to church though. sunday do you, i'm going do she would go? absolutely go all i would have to do is say would you please go with me that's enough right that's right. a great start that's a good start i, I always tell people go to go to church sit down shut up and just listen right that's all you gotta do. Right. If you want to ask more questions later, we're here. Right. Otherwise, just come in, sit down, let's figure this out. Right, because she may be judging uh, uh, church from her experiences as a kid. Well, absolutely. And uh, you know that goes along with what we've been talking I, about. I this can whole guarantee time. you that's what she's doing. Right. So as soon as yeah. she broke free of that, she probably did like I did, and it's like, yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm done with that for now. Yeah. I'm gonna live my life, and we, we whatever it is we believe, church doesn't make or break that so yeah she still could have faith on things just like i did but i'm not going to church until a year ago that's all right man okay rapid fires what what you like bob seeger i do like bob seeger how do you know i did my homework or what your facebook page yeah right i was interested (laughs) in going i think that concert was like tonight or yesterday you didn't go no well i'm sitting here with you i had had to okay it was like so it's like bob seeger or dan which one and i guess dan won so last time i i invited you to see stevie ray vaughn cover okay do you remember that texas flood texas flood a lot of cantina yeah i didn't go but you went you took pictures you checked in there how was it yeah, great, great band. One yeah. of the best Stevie Ray Vaughan, uh, I mean, from the gear to the, phenomenal. Yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah, awesome. Seen him probably ten times. Yes. Uh, yeah. I saw him once when it was in wintertime, and he's dressed up in a hat and all clothes like Stevie, Stevie wore. And had I not have known Stevie had died, right. I would have been that Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah, he, he looks like him, incredible. sounds like sounds him. like him, and it's, his music sounds like him. You know, his guitar. So I, I heard Stevie Ray in his last Dallas concert with BB King and cool. Joe Crocker yeah. in person. In person, yeah. oh, you're that old. That's awesome. I'm that old, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, yeah. I'm a big Stevie Ray fan. I have not seen Texas Flood though. I'm oh, sorry to say, you got to. Oh, man, it's really good. It's really good. Um, so you like old music? Absolutely. Give, give me something. Oh, dude, old soul, but you know. Music is is like religion almost, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it can speak to the soul. Oh yeah. Um, and so my uh, my adventure in music started with uh, when I was going through the lowest point in my life. Music had never spoke to me. I never understood people that can go put headphones on and stare at a wall for four hours. <laughs> it wasn't me. I was yeah. a movie kid. But when I was going through the lowest point in my life, when going through my divorce and stuff, uh, at that point, that's when music spoke to me. Yeah. And. Funny enough, what pulled me out of that darkness was 80s hair metal, which was, you know, I mean, it's like bro country is today. Yeah. I mean, it's like parties, girls, If you listen to good lyrics, times. it's actually, all they want to do is have good times. Good times. And and I yeah. say, I, that's exactly right, Dan, you nailed it, because yeah. that is what drew me to it. Looking back, it was the fact that I could escape the misery I was in yeah. listening to 80s hair metal, talking about girls, 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 and all these <laughs> other things, right? So that's what really lit the fire, and that fire grew over time to... My love of the Eagles, yeah, um, you know, which is very similar to Bob Seger, yeah. Uh, but then going into Sam Cooke and all this black gospel music of the forties and fifties and sixties, um, yeah. you know, and music is just so great. Uh, this is. So there's a taste. I, I can go from Sam Cooke to 
um, Tourette, who neither one of you are even aware of, evidently. Well, I've heard of him. I'm not a follower of him. It's like kind of right next to Motley Crue. All right, Okay, grungy, you know, sunset metal. Which, by Um, the way, they're about to put out a thing on on, on Netflix, a documentary. Yes, The Dirt. Yeah, I want to look. I'm so looking forward to watching that. We're going to have to watch that, yeah. I saw that. Nikki Six is backtracking. I saw some PR about Nikki Six backtracking on some... uh, What? we'll, we'll, We'll just watch the documentary and see, but... You know, they wrote that autobiography years ago. Yeah. And uh, evidently there's a story in there about Nikki Six and it's borderline like a rape story. And now that it's being made into a movie and they've made that scene and Nikki Six is like on damage control uh, trying to justify that it was embellished for the story. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. and are we going to buy that or not? It was embellished. In today's time? No. You can't, right. You, there ain't no such, no such thing called embellished. Right. Okay, so your love to music... You're a Cowboys, Mav, Longhorn, and Rangers fan. Well, Texas all the way. I'm Texas Dallas, way. born and raised. You're a Ranger guy. I know that. Yes. I'm a Longhorn fan, too, primarily because all my family went to the Longhorns. Ah. Yeah. So, um, and then you have a kid. You like old music and Bob Seger. And you say you like movies? You're a movie well, guy? Well, I certainly was a movie guy growing up, but I don't even turn the TV on these days because part of There's my... so much crap on start, it. Yeah. Well, that's true, but I rarely watch TV because part of... My what I call my journey of self exploration, which started around the time my kid decided he didn't need me around all the time, uh, and I started trying to figure out what I was going to do with with this extra time. TV is just a waste of, of my efforts, in my opinion. So I'd rather practice guitar or playing guitar. Uh, you know, you know, try, I try, or or you know, do something uh, can, more constructive. So TV is not as important anymore. Right on. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see, your uh, what else, man? What do you got? Come on. What do I got? Yeah. Uh, not much. <laughs> that, that Thanks. Oh, uh, well, no, he says old school. I like the fact that you like the old music. Um, what are some of your, well, let's go talk about some of your old movies that you did see. Oh, like? well, one that pops in, uh, this is not old, this is brand new. I watched it on the airplane coming, going to Disney World, but Bad Times at the El Royale. Do y'all remember that? It came out with, um... Uh, Jeff Bridges, it came out like nine months ago. Kind of looked like a Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez movie. Oh, that's out? Bad Times at the El Royale. Yeah, I want to see that. Is that good? Yeah, dude, phenomenal. Okay. Okay. In great music, by the way. Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, it looks like, I don't know who directed it, but it looks like a Robert Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. And it's phenomenal. Do you know who that is? Gotta watch it. No. Okay. (laughs) Bad Times at the El Royale, I believe. Did you ever see the movie Desperado? No. Pulp Fiction? Pulp Fiction, I've seen that. Okay. There you go. Yeah, Quentin Tarantino, I've seen, yeah, I know yeah. who he is, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. But great movie, but some of the old, old movies, you know, I mean, I'm a sucker for all the classics, like Braveheart, right? Um, right. You know, I mean, uh, but I, lo- I loved Face Off, was like my favorite movie when I was yeah. a teenager, Face Off. Y'all remember Face Off? Yeah, yeah. I John Travolta, yeah. Nicolas Cage. You look Nicholas... at it now, you're like, what the crap was that, man? Yeah, <laughs> now we actually take faces off and put them on people. We actually yeah. do what that movie, you know. Yeah. It's funny how Hollywood can foreshadow reality like 20 years in advance. Well, which scares me sometimes when yeah. I see what they're writing, but yeah. Yeah, totally. I was about to go somewhere on that. Well, so like in the Catholic Church jerseys, uh, they write these, the popes will write letters or whatnot, right? And there's this one called Humana Divite, Divate? Am I saying it right? Uh, Humana Vitae, I think. 1962 is written when the right, the time Kennedy came out, when Kennedy was in, and Kennedy was a Catholic. And the church foresaw the hippie era about to move, about to start. And so the letter was a lot about 
uh, protective sex and, and love and marriage and using that to procreate and all that good stuff, where hippies were like, love and peace, man, rock and roll, right? Right. And if you read the letter today, it resonates today. It's still a very significant letter to today. Like, right. It's, it's stands scary. the test of time. Oh, it's it's frightening. It's like awesomely frightening. You're like, oh, I can't believe this is actually, who wrote this 1962? How did right. they see this? You know, 40 years later, 50 years, how long ago? Well, that would have been um, almost 50 years ago. A long time, ago. yeah. Yeah, 50 um, years ago. Yeah. And what, what, since you brought it up, what, it came, what he was talking about is with the event of birth control and the eventual legalization of abortion, yeah. um, our society is slowly spiraling down and it's really hurt particularly minorities yeah. uh, who are, are, you know, and it's led to a lot, you know, the divorce rate going way up, not to, you know, no, no. Don't step on any toes over there, but and just the 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 free love, and it's really caused a lot of heartache and a lot of pain in in our society, as opposed to you know abstinence is the only thing that still works one hundred percent of the time. Right, but that's evidently not in the equation. No, anymore. Not in the equation anymore, and it was foresaw by the Pope at that time. Right, right. And that's what it is. Fifty years ago, the letter still makes a big difference today. Speaking about divorce, what? How did you feel when that happened? Oh gosh, you know, at that time, you know, the perspective of a twenty-one-year-old is quite different than it should have been yeah. at the time. It was. She, she was two years younger, so she's only nineteen. Right, fresh out of high school. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Yes. So at the time, it was just devastating because it was a failure. Yeah. You know, and such a, a young, in you know, I was so young and to have failed so epically. Yeah, so you. So, felt I mean, it was like a you... big. It was a big blow. Yeah. Put me into a really big dark hole for a long time. Uh, but looking back, I mean, it was you know obviously just that's what was gonna happen. Yeah. And that's why you got to like you were just saying, uh, you you got we got to educate people and talk to people about how to do things, uh, and not just free love because, geez, you're gonna just make life harder on yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, it's all good. It's a it's it's your journey in. When I say all good, I don't mean it's all good, but I mean in yeah. my story, it's all good because I got an awesome kid out of it who, who pulled me out of the hole yeah. and and gave me purpose, yeah. and is a total blessing. So for me, um, it's it's worked out wonderfully. Do you still smoke cigarettes? Yeah. No. No. Do no. you remember when we screwed with you on that? No. So he would come in the Chili's. We all be, he'd be he would go. I'm going outside and smoke. He'd leave his cigarettes on the bar. And we would grab those cigarettes and tear them up or throw them in his beer. Or we'd or just hide them. We'd hide them. He's like, where are my cigarettes? Like, well, quit smoking. And then, so. You were just trying to look out for me. Well, yeah. Because it's <laughs> like, this is, because I, I, at that time I had quit smoking. Right. And I was just like, you will never regret. Right. No. Yeah. yeah. It was just, you know, that was just a layover of the adolescence. Yeah. You know, but uh, as soon as you really mature to the point of thinking about stuff, you you... Cut out the bad habits. I mean, I'm not perfect. Nah. You know, right? Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Like around beer number five, I probably want a cigarette. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just keep uh-huh. the beers under five, and I, and I won't <laughs> want a cigarette. Where do you see yourself in ten years? Uh, Where man. do you want to see? Okay, What's your, your son's twenty three. Right. You know, the mm-hmm. generic answer, but geez, in in ten years, my whole goal is to just. I don't chase paper, as they say. I don't chase money. That's not something that motivates me. I want to be successful. 
because mm-hmm. I want to be able to buy that five bedroom house so that I can have that family that I want. Yeah. Um, but uh, what I really just want in ten years is to be happy, man. I just want to feel fulfilled. I don't want to have regrets. Yeah. So you look at what things in life that you appreciate, and you want to make sure that you're giving them the proper attention. Mm-hmm. Not to be self righteous, because I'm I have room for improvement. Oh yeah, we all. But do. what I want in ten years is my mom might not be here in ten years, and I want to look back with a little less regret than I have with my dad and say in 10 years if my mom's gone, I want, I hope that I can, uh, be a little, hold my chin up a little higher about how, what kind of son I was, you know? Um, and I hope that I'm a good dad to my, at that point, 23 year old kid. And I hope I pushed him in the right direction and he's successful. Uh, and, uh, anything beyond him being successful and me being able to pay my bills would be gravy. Right on. Right. There you go. Yeah. Right on. That's good. All right, man. So this is it. This final thoughts. Final. What you got? Yeah, I appreciate you, man. I, we could have gotten a lot deeper, but I'm kind of glad we didn't. Oh no. Because you've probably been there, done that, and there's far greater minds to do that with than I. Oh no, no, no. So, it's all, man. I could go deeper. You want to go deeper? No, we'll I deep. did. No, we no, can no. Come back. We could, the, the, that could be possible. Okay. But um, no, I enjoyed it. So I appreciate you having me on. Love to have you here again, man. Thank you, brother. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's John the College, Church Table Productions. I'm Dan, co-host is Al Peabody. Thanks a lot, John. All right, see you later, buddy. Thanks, Dan.